TD! People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. It is a beautiful back-to-back podcast. It has been absolutely gorgeous outside. Little bit of wind, window open again. I say that to give you a little weather update because I can tell you tomorrow there's going to be a lot of people with anxiety in the state of Oklahoma or today uh, if you guys are listening to this. No Matt Burton tonight. It's fine. No big deal. But I've got Peyton Guthrie alongside with me. As always, Southeast Oklahoma where it's not as windy as it is up here today, I guess. Isn't that the word? Yeah, that's the word. I mean, we're, we're 10 mile an hour right now. We've got some overnight thunderstorms. I think uh, if I have it right in my head, I think we're going to be seeing rain for like the this coming week <laughs> down here. So um, the, the, the chances, yeah, up until Thursday, thunderstorms. Uh, but so this is my very small window to get my yard done and get it all taken <laughs> care of. Got the weed eater out, took care of everything. But uh, no, it's, it's going pretty good down here. It, it's hard to complain when you get to live in God's country down here. Yeah, that's exactly where the world's largest hill is located. I don't know how, I think I've only mentioned that one other time, but uh, that's Peyton Guthrie. I'm Keegan Renault. I don't typically start out like this, so I don't know why I'm saying this. Uh, However, this is through the keyhole. Welcome to the off season. That's what I think that's the beginning of this podcast. That's what it's showing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've now have three months of just absolutely nothing, but top, top list of the top schools. Who's the best receivers in school history? What's the countdown? Who is the Jersey number? It's all coming. If you guys enjoy this podcast that, uh, that we do every single week, we'd love for you guys to leave a nice comment, subscribe, rate, review all your podcasting platforms. We greatly appreciate it. Patreon.com slash through the keyhole, uh, the spring game, Phil breakdowns up there uh, as well as well as other interviews from last week. All 10 Big 12 teams. Peyton, I've seen some people starting to do like previews for like national guys, maybe doing some previews like of each team for the year. And I'm just like, hey, we've already got we've already got nine done in the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, in our neck of the woods. People can go back and listen to uh, some film reviews on Brent Venable's defense. If you haven't seen those, that's those will go way back. Uh, I believe, Peyton, I've gotten to 10 to 11 videos so far this offseason. Not as many as I want to. I'll admit to that. Uh, and. You can go back and watch them. You won't find anything like them out there. I can guarantee you it in this market, in any market. Peyton writes every single week, does his interviews of his own. We'd love to have you. Patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Peyton, I was going to start off with what's on our show map here, but how can we start mm-hmm. anywhere else with what the situation's happening in uh, in Southern California over, over the weekend? Oh, uh, it, it was something that was... Um extremely surprising to me, not that the transfer portal would be used by, um, um, you know, LA in, in that manner. Um, but I just, for some reason did not think NIL in any way, shape or form for transfers. I don't know why it never crossed my mind. I was like, Oh, yeah, it's for players. It's for recruits. I just never thought of it. It's like, Oh, we're just going to go buy your player. You know, it, I mean that, and then it does become true free agency at that point in time. It's like USC really has a chance. That's what we're talking about. USC Lincoln Riley going after, uh, what is his name? Litnikoff uh, winner, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. I mean, it, it, they, they basically have become the, um, the New York Yankees. I mean, like, you know, I, I've kind of gotten that some, some stuff before, you know, they don't grow their own food. They go to the grocery market. <laughs> you know? 
USC has a chance to do that. I mean, uh, and it's not, it's just, I did not see it coming. I don't know what it says for like the health of the sport or anything of that nature. But to me, I mean, the, the grossness of it, I guess, um, is basically it's, it's like the, Oh, we already know where he's going to go. There's already rumors of what the deal is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and he hasn't actually, I mean, I guess he needs to be in their portal by the end of the day. If he's not in it at the, as of this moment, I can't remember by 6 42 PM. Um, he hasn't entered the last time I checked and we already know where he's going to go, what the deal is going to be. <laughs> so th- there's some stuff in there. I'm just not the biggest fan of, but that's, it's just the world we live in right now. It is. And what I think is so interesting, one, I believe there was a report last night from someone that does cover Pitt that said he had filed his papers yesterday and it takes okay. like 48 hours to get in. So more than likely, he probably Jordan Addison, the star receiver from Pittsburgh. So everybody, what's so funny, all the Texas fans, especially after the just absolute atrocity of a weekend it was down in Austin, uh, not because of anything that happened, but because they didn't have a single guy get drafted in the NFL draft, which we'll talk about in just a second. No. Uh, but Everybody started linking him because the Brennan Marion, I believe the wide receivers coach from Pittsburgh goes to Texas uh, after this last season, everybody linked him to Texas. Everybody got excited. Everybody linked him to Bama. And then all of a sudden the USC stuff came out, Peyton. And I was just like, you know, it's not, you can, you can, this is the, this is the benefit of working at Oklahoma Peyton. One, the Oklahoma Mafia, including what I mean is the Oklahoma, the PR regime, however they do it. I don't know how it's done. It is as world class as you can find public or public relations work. Those guys coming from Tennessee were coming from a bad situation, Peyton. Their coach had, coach had gotten in trouble. The NCAA mm-hmm. was after them. Uh, there's all this other nonsense. They got to get out of there. Oklahoma would be a fantastic spot for them if they showed up in the transfer portal. Yeah. If, yeah, if, yeah. Oh, those guys ended up in the transfer yeah. portal. <laughs> they ended up at they ended up at Oklahoma, and you can get away with that stuff at OU. But the moment you get out in in the USC and you do something like this, that's a problem. What we needed in college football this offseason, not just more Mark Emmert slander, Peyton. We didn't need any more of that. We've had plenty of that. The NCAA is in shambles. This is just another. This is just another example of that. But, I mean, we needed a good old tampering investigation. And it had, of, 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 unfortunately for Lincoln Riley, it had to happen at USC. I am intrigued by this story. I love this story. But at the same time, Peyton, in the same conversation, I will say I, there was rumbles of five, six, seven guys leaving Oklahoma in the transfer portal. Um, hasn't been the case. Mm-hmm. So, or two, I'll ask you this, Peyton, in two parts. First part is, are there no Oklahoma players good enough that other schools want them? And two, are you surprised that there hasn't been as much defection from Oklahoma's roster after the spring? I tongue and peek on the first part, obviously. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. I mean, I thought we would see more than, than what we have, to be just 100% honest with you. I mean, it just being Cody Jackson and NRK at this point in time, both these guys, even at a position of need, like wide receiver is, um, and honestly, like the edge is, and you, you may disagree with me because we do have OU does have edge players, but I just don't think. I mean, if Stripling is your best edge, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If, you, you know, I mean, it's not like a Ronnie Perkins type situation where it's all like, oh, yeah, it, it, yeah, of course, that makes sense. But it's like, ah, if you're not going to beat out stripling, then it's, you, you might need to think about going somewhere else or, or looking at maybe a different career. And Cody as well. I mean, the uh, the uh, what am I trying to say here? The wide receiver group is it's it's not it's not the best group. I mean, you've got Mims, who's you know, head and, head and shoulders. And then you've got a collection of three or four guys who might be OK. Um but they still run to those same sort of issues. So seeing seeing someone transfer out from those two positions lets you know that Brent had a pretty frank and honest conversations with them. I mean, I don't think we would see these positions transfer out if there wasn't, you know, a complete honest honesty about that. Almost like a well, I'll, uh, I don't know if I don't know if the Spurs talk is is all part of the drinking game but the spurs uh that davis does but the the spurs they treat free agencies or people that are about to move on from very professional like there isn't like it isn't like a, a personal thing or anything like that it's hey we're just we need this rebounding percentage to go up and you know so on and so forth and they, it's just very business-like um so it, it will be interesting to see what happens i would expect a couple more to come in there like i said if, if it's a 48 hour thing but um I really thought there'd be a lot more. I was thinking five to seven people, but it's only two. Um, maybe Brent looked outside and saw what the transfer porter was offering and thought, well, we'll just go ahead and keep her depth and sure. hope we can push this down another, you know, one more year. And it could even just be one more wave to next after next football season. And more, more than anything, I just, I yeah. have not seen the value if Kyle kind of like Jordan Addison shows up, he's pretty good. Uh, there's a couple <laughs> yeah. others. That's, there's a couple others that stand out, but this wave of portal guys, Peyton has been more of the guys that are third or fourth down the pipeline, down on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Not, they have these exit meetings with their coaches, their coaches are saying, Hey, it may not work out here. If it's not going to work this year, they enter the portal. Those aren't guys that are necessarily coveted by a bunch of power five programs. There's been a couple um, but to your point, it's in terms of pushing it down the line, maybe look after next season. Okay, now it's not working out. This first wave of transfers are all these big-time Power 5 players. We can get our hands on them, combine that with the recruiting class we have, uh, yeah. and things can go really, really well. Brent Venables mentioned, I believe, at the caravan last week, Peyton, that he would prefer to have a roster of guys that are built up over time. Uh, and if that's the case, I think this is a great first step to that. And it could even be a case where, you know, we've got our list of guys paid and on, on over on through the keyhole in our little sheet of potential guys that we're looking at that are marked as guys that may transfer. That list under Lincoln Riley may have been a little bit longer than that list under Brent Venables is going to be as well uh, next season. Yeah. Maybe just because he wants to keep some of that depth, like you're saying, uh, and only go after guys that they really feel can contribute. I would have... I'm not going to sit here and like hypothesize this and speak this into existence, Peyton, but I would imagine that next season, he probably doesn't bring in eight, nine transfers. I think that was more of a one-year deal. I don't know. I don't think he's going to turn and burn this roster. I don't know what your feel is is on that. I don't think so either. I think, I think we'll probably see four at most type of a thing. That does seem to be that the guy Brent is, but the thing is, even if it's right now, and Prince said it on these caravan stuff. You know, he thinks about the move to SEC every day. And th- th- there's a long process to that. And it's a step-by-step process to that. But some of that process is getting, getting this body right, getting the team right, getting the team composition right. And um, getting one-year one year rentals doesn't help. But if you can get in a transfer guy who's 
I mean, getting, I mean, the, as you said, right now, we brought in nine guys. They're almost for the most part, all one year rentals. Cause you needed guys <laughs> to fill sure. in spots. But if you're talking about the move to the sec, you're, 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 you need your homegrown guys to grow up, you need your bodies mature. You need their physicality mature. You need their emotional, you know, emotional side of it to mature their professionalism to mature. Um, and the top type of guys you're going to be trying to bring in are guys who have three years who can be in the program. You know, you're, I don't think Brent's going to do a lot of, Oh, we got the, the one year super senior who's coming in and he's just trying to make a big deal unless it's just head and shoulders at a position of need. I think potentially that's where the portal is going to be used for OU. It's just, you go through that roster and you say, we need one more guy right here. We got to have them type of a thing, as opposed to just like stocking full your roster. And even this year, they brought in that amount right now, and they're still not done. I mean, Brent's already talked about looking at depth for another quarterback, looking for wide receiver help, looking for running back help. So um, it's not done yet. OU's not done bringing guys in, from my understanding, but it'll just – I mean, who are they going to bring in? That's that's kind of the point right now. I completely agree. And it, it will – like you said, I think it'll be interesting to see how he kind of handles the roster because you – you know, I hate to kind of use a money ball term here, Peyton. Uh, it's apropos for this podcast. Uh, but adapt or die, we'll see how that works with Brent Venables at Oklahoma. The reason why we're talking about the portal, because Oklahoma did have a bunch of guys go on to the NFL, and Peyton, the NFL draft happened over this week. Very, I, I know, I want to ask you this first. I know you Broncos fan. Uh, yep. We're going to talk about a couple guys that the Broncos got from Oklahoma, but you follow the draft more on the outside casually, Peyton. Did the amount of trades that happened in this year's draft when you're seeing them, was was it weird to you? Was it different? I, I know the Broncos, I think, I don't know if they made any trades in the draft, but this was a bonkers NFL draft. Bonkers. Yeah, I mean, it seemed kind of, I mean, I don't know. I, there's, I'm not a huge NFL guy, so it wasn't. I'm going to have to get crushed on that too. But it was cool to see some of that stuff get moved around. It, I mean, obviously the Ravens, Arizona doing their trade. Um, you know, I mean, I, I love Hollywood. We all do. Oh, you fans. But I just can't believe they got a first round pick out of them. Oh. You know, I can't believe the guys. He's undersized. He can't really be depressed. I mean, he's really good if you get him free and let him run fast. But he's not Tyreek Kill. He's not these types of guys. Um, he has trouble staying healthy and everything. To me, that's just a bad trade by the Cardinals but they're trying to do something to potentially say, Hey, Kyler, we got you, you know, we got your friend, you know, we're going to take care of it. Let's go. Now they have to pay them, you know, Hollywood money as well. And it's, it's that, that, that those type of trades just seem weird. Um, you know, I, I keep up with the Cowboys cause I'm, I'm an hour from their stadium where right. I live. <laughs> uh, they seem like they're just so dead set on, or well, here's the guy we think is going to be there when I draft them. And even though there's five other guys who are much oh. better, they just like, but our guys right there, we're getting them in. Yeah, sometimes it's so CD strange to your do lap, that. And then sometimes like this year, it's a Tyler Smith that was taken yeah. probably around too early. But yeah, it was a crazy draft. Like I, I was applaud the entertainment uh, when I did not expect Baker to get traded. We had talked about that on behind mm-hmm. the Patreon last week. Um, I did not expect Baker to get traded, but I also didn't expect Hollywood Brown. And what I think is so funny about the NFL, Peyton, is that they kept that under wraps. Baltimore did. Uh, in order to kind of hide because they're very aggressive on draft day because they're really, really, really smart. We can go through their draft and I can give them an A-plus for everything that they did. They're really, really, really good at this. So they kept it quiet. 
Marquise Brown was on a plane to Arizona draft night. Traded on a plane to Arizona draft night. Uh, was at the Arizona draft party out in Glendale. Again, just very fun stuff. The NFL delivers, and I give them credit. They've got a very entertaining product. But there was some Oklahoma guys, Peyton. Uh, I would say this, I think he went between where you and I probably would have thought he was at a year, about this time a year ago. Nick Benito, the first Oklahoma player off the board to your Denver Broncos, 32nd pick in the second round, the 64th pick overall, I believe. Uh, and Peyton, throw it to you. This is the quote from Broncos GM George Payton. Uh, Payton says at Oklahoma, Benito was on the move a lot and wasn't really asked to set the edge on the run at times. Says the coaches in Denver will help with that. There you go. I'll leave you with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Benito was, I mean, he was a true outside linebacker in that Grinch system. I, I know it seems strange that you take <laughs> his best skill which was rushing the, you know, being a defensive end, but that's just not how he was set up. He was, a, you know, he was a stand-up rush. I, I'm not going to crush Grinch on that. I know, I know everyone wants to. I mean, the thing is, Brent's going to have guys like that. So, like, you can't like, oh no, a stand-up rush. He's asked to coverage every once in a while. Well, guess what? Brent's going to do it too because they're going to drop. Somebody's going to come in. There's his own package. It's going to happen. So I'm not going to like take the bait on that one. But I also think it may just be because Nick might not have been big enough. 100% to set that edge a lot on some of these running teams. Um, oh, so we were going to have to, I, Oh man. Uh, strange thing. I do not have the, the zoom package. Matt does. So I'm about to run out of time. So let's this. go through to the end of this and then we'll just create another zoom link. Yeah. But anyway, different Broncos love the pick, especially if you just use them as a rusher. Uh, different Broncos have a historically in the last 10 years have been able to get very good, very good production out of the uh, out of their ends, uh, who are also kind of smaller sized. I mean, you've got you know Von Miller winning a Super Bowl MVP, if I remember right. Uh, just getting it done, uh, he can fit in that type of role potentially. Brian Osamoa, next one off the board. If you are a keyhole listener and a loyal keyhole listener, you knew this possibility was going to happen a couple months ago that these two guys mm -hmm. would come off the board before Perry on Winfrey. Uh, we'll talk about Winfrey here in just a second, but Brian Osamoa next, next off the board, second pick in the third round. I think it was like, I think that's like the 67th pick going to the Minnesota Vikings. Peyton, let me talk, touch on this in just a second. Brian Osamoa is a guy that we evaluated and I can say this in RPM data um, and a guy that we would have, we would have recommended to a lot of people from the athleticism, the num the the way he fits into what the NFL's the way that they're playing defense right now, Peyton. Uh, wonders, absolutely wonders. He he is a numbers and analytics queen, darling, whatever you want to call it. Brian Osamoa is it. No surprise, he goes to Minnesota, who is the latest franchise in the NFL, Peyton, that is diving deep on the numbers, Quezzy. Uh, I don't want to say his last, I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm not going to attempt it. Their new GM up in Minnesota, as analytically minded as you can find. No surprise, Osamoa, even, even in my neck of the woods, wasn't surprised to see him. I was thinking Cleveland, Peyton, Baltimore, all the other other organizations that are very anal analytically minded to jump mm -hmm. up early and try to and try to snipe him in like the third round. Uh, forgot Minnesota was. Good to see Osamoa go in the third round and that the 2021 season really didn't cost him because I think the Baylor game showed what he can be if he plays like that for over the course of the season. Uh, good to see that as well. 
What are your thoughts with Mr. Osamoa coming second off the board? Well, he's his his combine really brought him up. You know that 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 ability to run was what. Um, the way that he did the size, his explosiveness really kind of makes up for maybe his lack of frame. Um, and as the league, I mean, he's, he's also getting kind of lucked out there. I mean, as a league, he's getting to the point to where you can run side to side. And it's more of a passing league every, every single year. Um, they needed someone with that type of speed and that sort of, you know, range. So I think in the past he would not have been, drafted uh in the second round in my opinion but we are at a point in time to where it is um that that's where we are so that's pretty cool mr winfrey for sure and make sure i want to correct there uh awesome went in the third round second pick winfrey goes next two things on this peyton the cleveland browns really just trying to stick the knife in oklahoma fans side just keep digging in it a little bit deeper uh, get two of their two of their two of Oklahoma fans' favorite players from the 2021 and 2020 teams. Uh, but Perry Winfrey off the board third, I believe, uh, with the third pick in the fourth round. Winfrey slides to day three. Again, loyal keyhole listeners, you guys understood this. The senior bowl and these bowl games are about maybe 15%, 20% of the evaluation. 40% of the evaluations, probably the film that these guys watch. Other 40% is these interviews and how these guys do and perform when they get in these settings with these scouts uh, and uh, and higher ups with these NFL teams. Not to say Winfrey was like a poor interview by any means, but from what I understood, didn't necessarily dismiss some of those questions that you have about him uh, when you watch him from afar. And mm-hmm. You add that in with some inconsistent tape. You add that in um, with the Nebraska thing that a lot of people know about today. Um, the situation with his official visit or visit up there, like, I don't know what happened, but uh, this was like jumping on vehicles. I just want to give credit. Sooner Scoop Pod brought this up, I believe, during Nebraska week. Absolutely hilarious. Does not surprise me. Perry Winfrey does it. Love him as a football player. That's my. That was what I was thinking, Peyton, that – some organization would fall in love with him as a football guy so much that they would still take him probably where he should have gone in this draft, but no surprise to see him slide to the fourth round. It happens. It's not a big deal. He got picked. Um, He has worse issues than the other guy that slid from Oklahoma. We'll talk about him in just a second, but Mr. Winfrey to Cleveland, how are we feeling? Well, that one uh, for me was that I just saw that he got drafted and I was like, okay, that's cool. But it was like orange graphics and I almost lost my mind because I thought uh-huh. it was the Broncos and I did not uh, want that on that team, but it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's fine for him. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people. I saw this a lot on the, on Twitter where people were very upset that, uh, Oh no, the Browns, they got the, the horrible Browns, the Browns have drafted OU players. What are we supposed to do? The Browns are so bad, you know? And it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, I truly, truly get it. I mean, the, you know, Baker's our boy, and they've kind of like thrown by the wayside <laughs> to the degree. But he's getting a chance to play where he wants to. He gets a chance to play in the NFL. Gets a chance to make money. Just you know, be proud of him and, and kind of move on with it. There's no reason to kind of keep dragging this thing up because it doesn't hurt. It doesn't. I don't know. I, I don't know what, what. I don't know what people are trying to accomplish just by being so loud on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, if, if he, if he learns to keep his head down, he learns like physically keep his head down. Uh, if he learns to 
um, play with some a uh, little more dedication and a little more intention intention every single snap, he's going to be good to go. But um, until then, it, it may be difficult for him. He may to me. He's the most boomer bust situation of all the guys drafted um, at, from Oklahoma this year. He played about five really good games at Oklahoma. The final three in 2021, a couple in 2020. Um, outside of that, you know, you can't have that tape with all the other stuff and expect to go as high as what a lot of people did, which is okay. The learned Tourniel off the board next, going in the fifth round. That is a hell of a pick for Mr. DeLaren Turner Yell. I don't think anybody would have expected that. I expected him to get drafted, not uh, before the sixth and seventh rounds. He goes with the ninth pick in the fifth round to your Denver Broncos. I know the Broncos played with Caden Stearns a little bit, um, but that was under a former defensive regime with Vic, Vic Fangio. I don't know how necessarily DeLaren Turner Yell fits into what they're doing in Denver now, uh, but the greatest, I think, thing you can say about a football player, Peyton, is that the team was worse when they were off the field, and Oklahoma's defense was absolutely worse without Delaren Turner Yell in 2021. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of stuff too from the top, and I think his 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 combine as well. I mean, OU put in what 11 guys in the combine. He taught they tied everyone, and they needed every one of those guys to have that time in front of uh, scouts in front of that stuff to kind of get the. Uh, uh, get the stink off that year uh, off these players. So they have a chance at it. But I think, I think at that point in time, where you are doing is that you're drafting for potential. You're, you're drafting, um, you're drafting about speed and size and movement and what they can do in coverage. But I think he, he also, I don't know him being so small and everything. It, it, they're just, too many injuries for me. Yeah, it's too many injuries. He's too small Broken to me. He's collarbone, pulled hammy. He's not the greatest in coverage. He did some stuff, but he's not the greatest with it. So it, it, it's always a little interesting to me to see how it's going to work out with these guys and what teams are thinking about these guys. Unless the Broncos are truly thinking he's like a third safety that's more of a run-stopping, you know, uh, third line of defense, kind of like that safety linebacker hybrid stuff who which i think he could really succeed at uh at that point in time not really asked to cover too much but maybe asked to kind of come down come downhill and be like an aggressive tone setter uh i think that'd be really smart uh to use him in but if you're asking him to be like an ed reed type or something i mean it's it's just it's just going to be bad for for everyone involved the shock i think to a lot of oklahoma fans and I'm going to repeat again here, not to keyhole listeners. Mike Woods is off the board next. Man, he got the – I've been saying it this entire draft process. No wide receiver, because of all the context around him, got a worse rep, I think, than Mike Woods. I mean, uh, Traylon Burks is close. Uh, KJ Jefferson, uh, don't want to talk about that. But, man, Mike Woods got the Charleston Rambo 2019 treatment. He's open all, not all game, a lot of the time in most of these games. And the ball was just not finding him. Either quarterback could not Mm -hmm. find Mike Woods on the field. One of the largest men on the field physically uh, could not find him. The football blocked his ass off. I want, this is a guy that I was very questionable about coming to Oklahoma from Arkansas because of some of that stuff you heard off the field stuff, as well as when you watch the tape, Peyton, 
taking some plays off, not running every route hard, not blocking, not finishing blocks, not blocking, get not on run plays, not blocking the guys he needs to block or doing it physically. All those little details changed at Oklahoma and he became a really good receiver. Shout out to the Cleveland Browns because they did. I think they did a hell of a scout uh, on that to be able to pick him in the sixth round. Another guy from another guy from Oklahoma going to Cleveland, Peyton. What was your thoughts on Mike Woods' uh, one year tenure at Oklahoma? I thought it was good. Like I didn't have any sort of um, trepidation of him coming to OU in the first place. And I was looking at depth of target, what he did in the SEC. You know, kind of, I think he was like around twenty yards a catch and stuff like that. I thought, okay, this is another guy's going to stretch the field. He's going to give you that CD Lamb type of body. I mean, he's not going to burn, but he's going to be able to catch those intermediate passes and kind of move around. Um, he, he, I don't think he was miscast in the offense, um, but obviously he was miscast in the offense as it was built this past year, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Normally he would be a type of wide receiver that would have thrived in an Oklahoma offense uh, at, during that time frame. But this last year, it was basically we're going to run leak, we're going to run some sting stuff, and then um, uh, we'll, we'll run the four verts get open play. You know, it's just, it did not have a lot of, of of moving parts in it that we're used to seeing, and, and you know, it we we've talked up and down that and that, mm-hmm. that aspect of it. But I think he was done a disservice. Um, I think he could have been drafted a lot higher if he had been able to come back or if he had been able to do that. Um, he seems to be a type of player that Lebby would have used. Um, if he would have come back, probably don't get Weiss or Weiss probably doesn't have a lot of options in the portal. He probably comes back anyway. Um, but then you could have had Mims and Weiss and it's like, okay, that's a pretty good one, two. Then you have Drake. It's like a one, that's a decent one, two, three, especially in the big 12 at that point in time. Uh, you've got a burner, you've got your intermediate long guy, and then you've got your guys who move the chains. Now, you know, OU has to scramble for that. They've got two of the three, but who's going to be the guy who's catching the 10, 15 yard passes. Mm-hmm. No one knows. Uh, that could have been Mike. I think he could have made a lot of quote unquote money doing it. Uh, but he moved on. He gets drafted to the Browns. We're going to see if Deshaun Watson even throws footballs to him this year or not. Um, but I mean, it, 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 it was just really odd to keep watching the Cleveland Browns draft university of Oklahoma prospects uh, at that, that pipeline isn't, isn't going away anytime soon. It doesn't seem. No, it doesn't because the next guy picked as well as was, was from the Cleveland Browns and Peyton, this is about to drive you nuts. Every person that ever asked me about Isaiah Thomas asked me about off the field issues. So I knew that, something that was one up. DWI. I was knew something was up. If that's what cost him in this draft over all the plethora of things that all the other things that these NFL prospects do that some of them go high in the draft. If that's what cost him or was the difference between him and, you know, a group of five other guys with these, with these NFL teams. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Absolutely sad. He is like, I've gotten to know Isaiah a little bit personally. And, you know, he's a guy that I can just comfortably say we were after with RPM. Um, got to do a lot of background work on him. Literally nothing but great things from everybody that's around him. And maybe there's something there that I don't know which again, that can be reality, Peyton, but he falls to the seventh round in the second pick of the seventh round, Isaiah Thomas does. And my God is Cleveland. And I'm, I don't feel confidence, confident saying this. My God, did Cleveland get a steal in the seventh round? Like Isaiah Thomas is the guy 
he is wired to play in the NFL for five, six, seven, eight years. Just the work he puts in, positional versatility, can do whatever he wants. I talked about this during his draft process, Peyton, that didn't necessarily love his camp dropping him to 260, 259 and doing some stuff as outside as an outside linebacker. I thought that was a mistake. I hope that didn't cost him as well. But man, I cannot believe he fell to the seventh round. I can tell you this. I know one organization who had a third round grade on him. At least one. And so I don't know what happened between the senior bowl and the draft, but either somebody found out something or he fell for something that he should not have fallen for at all. I think he probably just fell. In my opinion, I think he probably just fell for some uh, run-of-the-mill athleticism. I, I mean, he's not hitting your 90 percentile on a lot of stuff, if, if my memory serves correct. And he's just yeah, on he was hard... like an eight-point real quick. He's like an eight-point-eight that mm-hmm. raw athletic score, whatever relative athletic score, whatever it was. So it's it's just like a. I think that's probably why. And the thing is, like we always think, oh man, well he played at a big school, so he should be drafted well. Well, he started at a big school, so he should be drafted well. And oh, I mean, the NFL finds you. The NFL finds the Western Michigan State wide receivers. They find these corners from Idaho, you know, uh, Northwestern uh, corn eaters. I mean, they find they find these guys who are all super good. Like just because you played at Oklahoma, I mean, probably the only schools you can just get drafted because you started at would be like Bama, Georgia, and Ohio state at this point in time. Like if it's like, Oh, you started for them. Okay. We're going to draft you. <laughs> this just doesn't make whatever. And even Georgia, even Georgia had like two dudes just like drop forever. The, you know, the best linebacker in the nation last year, just whispered away in the wind. Cause he wouldn't get surgery on wouldn't like get a, surgery in the shoulder. And apparently he's like five, nine. So it's yeah, like, he's tiny. Uh, but he's like, he was just super, super good. You know, the punt god guy, he this fades away into nothingness. Uh, you know, it's, it's just it just happens. You you could be really built up and really kind of bragged up uh for college football stuff. And like the whole punt dude, how it was broken down to me when I was like reading some different stuff because the uh Penn State punter got picked first. And if you actually look at like the quote unquote advanced stats of punters, the Penn State dude was better across the board mm-hmm. in almost every single way. Except the, the punt yeah, dude, just, dog, the San Diego like, State guy could just punt really far. Yeah, he would outkick his coverage a lot. That's yeah. the biggest complaint. And so, like, well, cool. It's cool you can punt really far, but if guys are returning it 15 yards more than this other guy, I want to pick this other guy. Like, who cares if you can punt 80 yards if they're, if they're getting a 30-yard return? doesn't make any sense. Uh, but we kind of get this stuff built up in our heads. And IT played so well. Um, he was, like, one of the hardest workers. But that type of guy gets drafted around that type of area. You know, oh, he's a hard worker guy who's somewhat limited – you know, athletically, he's not going to get above his athletic ceiling in the NFL, uh, but he's going to work real hard and maybe he breaks it too deep. You know, those guys get drafted there. Your win freeze get drafted because it's like, well, his athletic potential hasn't been tapped all the way yet. And if he gets his if he gets his head screwed on right, we've got a first round draft pick we got in the third. You know, it I just don't think I IT doesn't have a untapped source of potential. I think he's tapped out. Um, and, and that's just what it is. I mean, to, to me, a player you could, uh, compare him to who was drafted higher would be like a, a tapper who was, but he was just bigger, you know, bigger, a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, um, uh, because he just had that a little more athletic potential. Uh, and I think that's the thing that just kind of dampened him down 
And like, you know, he's, we're going to talk to him later, but you know, Kennedy Brooks is an undrafted free agent, exact same thing. Very productive, just not fast, not very agile. I mean, he's just kind of average at all the things you should not be average at if you want to be a drafted running back. Yes. And we're, let's roll, let's roll through these last four relatively together. So Marquise Hayes does get picked. I think he was like one of the final five picks of the seventh round, Peyton. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals. I will say we were a lot lower on Marquise Hayes than the draft and draft Twitter was. Uh, you can even hear our interview with Russell Brown from last week mentioned Marquise mm-hmm. Hayes. He had a fourth round grade on him, but I have maintained throughout this process not to not not sitting here trying to hate on Marquise Hayes. That's not what I'm doing here. But tried to tell people, hey, you say you've been only been exposed to four games. I've watched every single one of these yeah. like five times because I'm a sicko and I have <laughs> to do it or or it drives me crazy not to know everything that happened in an OU football game. Um he hit hand placement. Like, he is the guy, Peyton, that whenever you have that conversation about Bill Biedenboe, um and Benny Wiley, right, and, like, how one affected the other, that's where, like, the Marquise Hayes is having the same kind of technical issues year in and year out. Um, too many holding penalties, arms, hands would get out wide. Uh, even things that I can notice, and I'm not an offensive line guy, uh, not good and was going to hurt him. He had a chance at the senior bowl, Peyton, to kind of dismiss some of that stuff and also had uh, some senior bowl reps to forget. So he goes in the seventh round. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time. Him, Tyrese Robinson gets undrafted. Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Uh, Jeremiah Hall undrafted to the New York Giants. Tyrese Robinson to the Washington Commanders. Let's spend the rest of our time here talking about Kennedy Brooks. You mentioned a second ago. Uh, I may have said, I think I said about a month ago, Peyton, he had the most wide-ranging grades that I had heard of an OE player. Like I know some team, I know two teams that had a one a fourth, one a fifth on them. I also knew of four teams that had an undrafted grade on them. Like there were some teams that loved them. There were some teams that hated them for the reasons you just mentioned. Because yeah. nobody has any any effing clue how Kenny Brooks rushed for over a thousand yards back to back years at Oklahoma, three straight years yep. uh, at Oklahoma. It should be physically impossible, but I'm looking forward to he got he got one of the biggest undrafted free agent contracts paid in Philadelphia paid him 240k guaranteed as an undrafted free agent. Um, that's a large number for an undrafted undrafted guy. I think those go up usually like 300 max 240 mm-hmm. one of the biggest the Eagles gave out. I saw a 260k number uh, very, very good. Just to put it in perspective here, most of those guys at the end of the end of the draft, their contracts are about seven hundred fifty to eight hundred ninety nine thousand dollars. So you get undrafted, you take do have a little bit less guaranteed money, um, but you also can select a team. Kennedy Brooks goes to a situation, Peyton. A lot of Miles Sanders isn't healthy. Um, that running back room has turned and burned a lot of guys over the last three or four years. Yeah, pretty good situation for Kennedy in Philadelphia, and in an offense that is really starting to build around Jalen Hurts. And I'm intrigued to see how Kennedy could potentially fit there. Um, I hope Jalen told their front office, hey, this guy won us a couple games in 2019 because he absolutely did for Jalen Hurts. Uh, that Iowa State game where he went for like 200 was, uh, I mean, unreal in 2019. So uh, happy for Kennedy. He got a spot. Not happy he didn't get drafted, Peyton. Um, but to the things you said, yes. I have. We sit here today, May 1st. We've watched this guy for five years now. I don't think either you nor I can figure out how he rushed for over 3,000 yards in an Oklahoma uniform. 
And he just reminds me of just it, I mean, I don't I don't know how the Eagles run it. I mean, he just reminds me of that post Terrell Davis run of uh Denver Broncos backs before Clinton Portis. It's just like he's got to get a guy who makes one cut, reads the block, runs to the hole. You know, uh, you know, Brooks was very good at that. Uh not good at poke. I mean, like I enjoyed watching uh Sermon run. I enjoyed I enjoyed the start stop. I enjoyed the kind of hunting and stuff. Now he had some more negative plays because of that. But um, you know, in college football, if the hole's there, the hole's there. Run through it. <laughs> I mean, you don't really need to dance around a whole bunch. Uh, I think he's going to do well. I mean, he's 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 going to be someone who can play, and he's going to be in a in a position to where I, I I don't think the Eagles do a bunch of screen game stuff, which would help him out, not him not having to be a pass catcher. Just hey, you're just going to run a football. I think we'll do well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him. You got to pick a place, Eagles or whatever. Uh, gets play for hurts, you know, reunited with another. Uh, I mean, OU players are all over the damn NFL, so he gets to reunite with somebody he knows and just uh, you know, hopefully uh, get that contract. I mean, for the for these undrafted guys, I mean, for let me look here for Yale, Mike Woods, Thomas, Hayes, Hall, Brooks, and Robinson, their job is staying in the NFL for four years. That's their, that should be their only concern. Get the mm-hmm. pension, get in there, get the pension, you know, and, and make it work. If they can do that, they you know, that's helpful. That's helpful. If you can pull it, I think it's like 60 K or something like that every single year on the pension or something along those lines, mm-hmm. uh, at that first cut, uh, then, you know, that cut progressively, it's more and more as you stay in. Uh, but they, that can really help them out a whole bunch. Uh, if they can just hang on, just get on a team and hang on. I have listed and we have to talk about it because yes, it's official Oklahoma blew it in 2021. Um, the combine invites one tell of the story, senior bowl performances, another tell of the story, but the final kind of the final piece of Oklahoma football 2021 was just put into its picture, Peyton. And it, there's a big fat trash can on it. They failed. <laughs> they did. I mean, you look at Jane Hazelwood um, did not have a good year. A guy that probably could have had a big year and gotten drafted. Uh, Trejan Bridges is, <laughs> no longer playing football right now. Uh, got to be careful there. Austin Stogner's at South Carolina, Spencer Rattler's at South Carolina. You have these seven guys that get drafted. Three others are undrafted guys. I would imagine Gabe Burkich is going to get picked up as we get closer to training camp. Uh, when mm-hmm. that's usually when those second round, second wave of specialists go, um, they blew it. I mean, it's, it's official, like official, official, officially official, However, you thought about the Oklahoma football team in 2021 is right. Yeah, I mean they had a the talent, the, the most drafted out of the Big 12, I believe. Um, I know Baylor is talking about them being the most drafted out of Texas, so good for them. You know, walk your walk, strut your strut. Uh, but I mean, oh, you put a lot of guys in, especially looking at the Big 12 talent. The rest of them that was there, they put in a lot of guys. I mean, multiple linebackers, multiple defensive linemen, multiple offensive linemen, which is not something. Well, not multiple, but I mean, one offensive lineman, another one undrafted. Um, it's not something we, I don't think we would have thought. I mean, OU kept the four, at least four draft pick streak alive, you know, keeping that moving. Um, it's it just, it just shows you what happens when you have a coaching staff just completely checked out and, and not wanting to, is even though OU had a lot of drafted, a lot, a lot of players drafted, it wasn't like 
an overwhelming amount or overwhelming high-end talent to where you just roll out and run, you know, five Madden plays over and over again. You know, if that makes sense, you still had to work. Um, and you can tell us the work just wasn't put in and that sucks. I mean, it, it really mm. does suck, <laughs> but what are you going to do? Move at, least on. You don't have, at least you don't have as bad of takes about OU team last year as I do. You can go, you can sleep well at night knowing that because I've got some bad ones. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's just, We've come to the time now. Just close the door. We found closure. Move on, and um, just don't don't worry about it. It can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> oh, you hoops had an interesting week. I know you follow them more from afar. Has it been a little weird to you? I put it on our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it feels like one thing is being said out of the program, and then another thing is happening. We kind of had this with the OU football team, and maybe I'm like looking into something that doesn't need to be looked into because it's a new coach with a new mindset, new idea for players and personnel. Uh, Mo Gibson enters the transfer portal. Who knows where he's going to end up? But mm-hmm. an absolute shocker, I think, to a lot of people. Um, I I don't know what to say about it, Peyton, and I know you follow basketball from afar. So mm-hmm. what is – when you see this stuff and you kind of read some of the things from that are happening behind the scenes, like what is your perspective on the U men's team heading into year two under Porter Bozer? Well, I, I heard about the Mo Gibson stuff maybe about a month ago, uh, just for some some friends I have who follow this, this the basketball team much closer than I do. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like, well, we think he's going to kind of do the toe in, toe out, and kind of figure something out. Um but I was okay with it at always. It's my, my whole thing about the, watching the OU team, watching the OU team struggle as they did against some of the teams is that they just didn't have size and they did got pushed around and you couldn't buy a basket. And was as Mo Gibson was a really nice spark plug type player. He, he also added to that issue that the team had. It just wasn't. Hey, I mean, you know, if you're doing the, like the whole, like pushing down, he's just too small. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, so it, I, it's just, it's kind of how Brent's doing this year. You're going to have to bring people in so you, you could have a roster to survive. That's what Porter was doing. And now it does Porter Moser. Now it's, it seems like he's now thinking, okay, now we're going to build out the team how I think it should be built out. And we're going to be okay if we bump and struggle a little bit, but we're going to build this team the way it needs to be built, the way that fits my scheme the best way possible. Um, so, I mean, we're going to bring stuff in. I know Sheffield or was it Sheriff Sheffield? Um yeah, Sherfield. Grant, Grant, Grant Sherfield is his yeah, name. Transfer, yeah. He was at Nevada, I believe, a year ago, scored 20 points per game. Um, yes. I I mean, damn it. I shouldn't have said yes there. I think so. <laughs> like, I – Everyone seems to think so. Everyone, like, in my neck of the woods, as you know, mm-hmm. I've said this for years, Peyton. My basketball sources are a lot better than anything I've ever had in football. Um, that's <laughs> it's because I couldn't believe half the stuff all the football guys were telling me. But the basketball source has been nails, and they think that they are going to get Sherfield, and even with the visit to Gonzaga that they're going to get him. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Like, that's a major get, and it obviously lessens the blow. But it is certainly interesting. You have the Elijah Harkless thing. We've talked about it on this podcast where, you know, Porter Moser comes out and says he's not going, and then he ends up hitting to the portal. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if another guy that's on the current roster hits the portal in the next, you know, 24 hours or it's announced. Who knows? Um, because I believe tonight at 1059 or 1159 Central is the 
final minute you can contact compliance and get into the portal and have eligibility for next season. So we'll see what happens. Grant Sherfield's out there. Some other grad transfers are out there. They pick up a high school player from uh, the state of Missouri, Luke Northweather. And I think the only reason why I'm mentioning this is Peyton. It's along the same lines of what we kind of use in football. Like if Wisconsin's recruiting a big man, I'm probably going to pay attention to that. Right. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Like big six ten. Big post guy that can do some things in and outside. I, I, I'm i a fan of that. We'll see how he can develop. And hopefully for Porter Moser's sake, he, this is a guy that can maybe stick around for two to three years and become something down the line, um, even if he is not right now. Anything else on basketball, Peyton? Yeah, I mean, this this is a player that's been gone from the roster for a little while, but Harmon, come on, bro. Transferring <laughs> to Oregon one year now, now back into the Big Twelve. Transferring to Texas Tech. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but you know, that one stings a little bit. That's not fun. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. I mean, you could talk about the college basketball portal. I didn't have it listed. The Isaiah Wong story with John Ruiz, the major donor of Life Wallet uh, to the University of Miami. Like, oh, absolute yeah. stone cold killer. For Isaiah Wong's rep to come out and say what he said, and then John Ruiz is like, nope, we already paid this guy a shit ton of money. We're not renegotiating with him. If he wants to stay, that's fine. We have people that want to play at the U. And then within 24 hours, John Ruiz says it was great to touch base with not just Isaiah Wong, but his mom, a great kid, <laughs> blah, 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 after just shitting on him. And the agent did a good job. He mentioned in the thing. Let me tell you this. There's no one that spends money like that that likes sports agents. There's not a single person that does. Uh, very few and far between is that the case. So uh, very interesting college basketball transfer portal. We bitch and complain about football side of things. The basketball side of things is in its own stratosphere, just like it was with all the cheating that was going on in college basketball. Now it's just NIL, and now it's just as dirty and just as ruthless, uh, which, again, football is too, maybe not to the extent that basketball is. Peyton? Uh, I know, and I said this before I came on that I've been thinking about this podcast for a, a long time, probably have wasted a lot of energy on this, uh, is specifically what I'm about to say over the next five minutes. I lack brevity at times. I'm a little defensive. I'm sensitive, but I am self-aware. I wanted to come on and, and tell everyone that's listening to this, that this is my last podcast uh, to be on for this week, for the coming weeks, for the coming months. Uh, everybody gets to a fork in the road, right? And Peyton is something I talked with you about over the last two to three weeks. Everybody gets to kind of that fork in the road. And I had to make a choice to either continue chasing this or go down a different path, make some money and then make some really, really good money in the end. And I had to make that choice for myself and it's crazy. Uh, I'm an emotional guy. I know that I said it a second ago. I'm a little bit sensitive. It's when you look at the last six years, four years ago, Peyton uh, probably should have gotten in some trouble, got in a bad place mentally. People around me supported me, helped me get through the situation and get through a lot of things. Um, nobody in my corner told me to keep going and keep doing this every single day. They all tried to get me out then. Uh, but I, I hadn't finished. I wanted to prove to myself that this was something I could do long-term and was capable of doing long-term. I know I can do that, but the time's not right. It sucks. 
Like, I wish I could wake up Monday or wake up tomorrow when most of you guys listen to this. I wish I could wake up and start firing tweets out and taking shots at people and engaging and having fun uh, because that's the best part about this job. The last six years have absolutely, as you know, Peyton, effing sucked <laughs> every single day, every single day. Um, but it's also the best six years of my life, and I made it that way. I stopped focusing on all the negative BS that's happening from around me I had no control of, focused on this, try to make the best version of, of what Keyhole could be, uh, as well as make the best version of myself. And it's been a journey. It's been a fun ride. I'm glad you got to be a part of it the last four to five months. Yeah. Um, and man, like I said before, you know this, uh, I'll say, you'll hear me say some of the stuff I'm saying right now, as well as tomorrow. Um, you and Brady think from the heart, I admire that. I wish I could do that more. Um, and that's something that I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. Matt Burns going to listen to this. Matt's one of my favorite people ever. He's never in a bad mood. He's always happy. He's always having a good time. And everybody needs someone like that uh, in their life. And so um, just to kind of speak on a couple other things, Peyton, you started a mental health podcast that I want to pump here because that's super important to me. As you know, mental health, I have been in the darkest of places. I have gone and done things that thought things that I never in a million years thought I would get to. But as you know, Mm -hmm. My therapy is in sports, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, trying to predict what happens next, but tries to do this. And that's why I love this is that it allows you to be someone and be who you are. And the platform that you guys have given me is everything to me. And I truly, I know this and I've had to come to accept that this is not something I'm going to do for forever. And that has been really, really freaking hard to come to terms with because I thought I'd get paid a lot of money, like Pat McAfee money in 10 years from now. Uh, and go do something. <laughs> Don't, yeah. isn't that what we all think of and dream of? Um, you know, I have those dreams and I have those goals and those aspirations. As you know, Peyton, I dream high. I dream really big. And we're about to do stuff at RPM data. And I know, I don't know what you have in store to ask me. I figured something, some more questions about it was going to come up. Um, we're going to do some really cool stuff and I have to sacrifice and do everything I can possibly can to go do that. Um, I'm thankful for you, brother. I appreciate you. You know, that, uh, I told you maybe last week that every time I'm down in Durant, you're going to be getting a text for me to go get something to eat, uh, for work. That's the case, a beer, whatever it may be. Uh, you're one of my, I look up to you. I had to stop calling you a mentor from the beginning. Um, you kept me very even keeled. Focus on what you need to focus on. You're off here. You're off there. Mm -hmm. You're on here. You're on there. Uh, everybody needs guardrails in their life. You were one of mine. And I appreciate that, man. Really, really do. Um, and I will hand the nice little air baton off. Take wherever you want to go. If you want to go off that conversation, you can. Um, if you want to go somewhere else, we've got about 10, 15 more minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, to kind of sum up, if if the, if, if some people are kind of confused about what's going on, Keegan is is leaving through the keyhole at, at this point in time to focus on a, a professional endeavors. I mean, it was something super cool, and I mean, from my understanding, and uh, Keegan, jump in um, if you're right here, is that uh, you know, the the get the hot takes off and try to talk about stuff and be critical about things is a hard to do when you're trying to enter into a, a client business. You know, <laughs> you, you got to protect those people. You got you got to know you can keep those 
those clients need to know you've got their back and everything. So I don't think anyone's going to regret you. I don't think anyone from the, the keyhole listenership or keyhole uh, uh, Patreon or, or just us behind the mics are going to regret you for looking out for your future and wanting to do that. Um, but I mean, you know, I think we all, we all, we're all pulling for you. I mean, that, that's the hard thing there. I mean, I had someone leave, um, one of my associates who I had for five years, he, he, uh, his last day is on the 28th, um, of this month. We had a big going away party for him and everything. And he wants to try to make it in the industry, start filming stuff, get on film sets and everything like that. And the only way to do it is to make that first step, you know, make that first step and step out and go for it. So, you know, you've, you've had a safe place to kind of practice and kind of work through stuff. And you've had some guys to kind of lean on, uh, but the only way to do it is to do it. So, I mean, I know we're all, all of us here, I mean, are just completely pulling for you, but I mean, I mean, what, what's the next week look like? What's the next month? look like? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Monday I have three meetings, uh, meetings every single day. So what people don't know is so like take the last two weeks, for example, Peyton, mm-hmm. I've been drawing up business plans and I have spent and exhausted so much energy to get this thing right. What it looks like from an infrastructure perspective, what kind of my role looks like. So it's like a normal day say in a week from now, things are going to look a lot different than what Monday is going to look like. Monday's the start. We kick off tomorrow. We start officially. We plan some stuff and finalize some plans tomorrow for how we're going to be scouting the draft process for the 2023 class. Tuesday, we officially begin. So Tuesday morning, I'll wake up, I'll watch film for about three hours. And then I have meetings all afternoon lined up with either potential clients, uh, potential employees, uh, business related things, Uh, So that's kind of what my normal day is going to look like. But this week, as you know, some of these like weeks before I've been trying to get going can be a little crazy. Uh, Tomorrow, I've got five hours of meetings. Tuesday, I've got four hours of meetings. Wednesday, I've got four hours of meetings uh, in the afternoons. And then Thursday, again, Thursday, Friday in the mornings, I will be basically watching film. And as what our key holders know, this is Mm -hmm. it's nothing different. And that's what I think is so great is like, I have, as you said a second ago, I have kind of tried to make this craft as well as I possibly could. And if I can explain it to you all and you all make sense and it makes sense of it, I can, again, I can promise you, and this is for a little, little inside, inside, insider knowledge here about the, the next level in the NFL. A lot of people at the NFL level that either don't have a job or they even have one, they know and they understand that not everybody that they coach with and not everybody in their department is probably qualified for that job. And there's a lot of people on the outside that are just as equally as talented and do what those things do. Um, I say that from the aspect of, yes, I helped and not helped. This has helped me perfect a craft that I'm going to use and make it even better. Like we're about to make my process and make it 20 times better. Um, We do work with sports agencies. I think that's the other thing people would ask about sports agencies, NIL groups, um, NIL groups, as well as financial advisors. We have another side of the company, Peyton, that we do work directly with college football programs and high school football programs. So yes, I cannot be out on social media anymore talking about USC, anything like that. I can't be talking about other things. Um, Now I've probably already burned all the bridges with everybody in Southern California, but because most of them still follow me, Peyton. So that's mm-hmm. think that was the best part. They haven't unfollowed me. 
So maybe yeah. what I'm saying is not wrong. Maybe what we're saying is not wrong. Yeah. Um, but yes, that situations like that I have to avoid thousand yeah. percent. Um, because you know, like I, you know how I treat my jobs. It's life or death every day. Um, and I try to make the most of it. I know I can't do it. Um, I'll be around. I'm a sicko. I'll be around for college football Saturdays. I already made that decision this week. They can't mute me on. They can't put a muzzle on me when games are happening. No way. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, that that's that's the that's the that's the breaking news from the through the keyhole. I mean, uh, were we losing one of the uh, one of the founders uh, as he uh, both of the founders have finally moved on to their professional settings and uh, taking it where it goes. Uh, as for the rest of it. Matt Burton and I will still be here and we'll be looking for uh, from a very F1 centric type of turn, <laughs> try, trying to find someone to uh, fill the seat. You know, we've got three seats. We need to get another guy in there uh, or a girl in there. Sorry. Um, and see what's going to happen and see what uh, if we keep growing this. Uh, we're um, renewed our efforts on some other stuff for the public stuff so that we could be able to bring some more information uh, publicly. And then on the Patreon, try to bring some uh, other potential entertaining type of stuff to read and listen and, and watch. I mean, obviously we're going to lose a, a vast amount of uh, football X and O's knowledge, but if you come to the Patreon, it's going to be, you're going to see it start morphing into more of a sports entertainment type of thing where it's more about enjoying the time learning about stuff and just trying to shift your perspective about how maybe you, you enjoy football or how maybe you enjoy college basketball or college golf. I mean, who knows, <laughs> who knows the stuff we're going to talk about, but uh, very much. So a little bit more of, of a, a sportsmanship, a little bit more of an entertainment ship than, uh, than, than the X's and O's. Cause I mean, I don't have the knowledge in that Matt Burton doesn't have the knowledge in that. And I'm not going to pretend to have the knowledge in that. Now what I'm going to do in the Patreon the, the, for the next X amount of weeks is going to go through and watch the Ole Miss games. Um, uh, stream them uh, via the Keyhole uh, YouTube. So that's uh, uh, Keyhole Sports on YouTube. Uh, that will be on Patreon only. So I apologize if you go find it uh, and just kind of watch the watch the Jeff Libby offense. You in got the some rhythm interesting angles to be able to watch that game with Peyton. Yes. Yeah. So you we're going to watch it. Patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Exactly. So we'll have, we'll have all, all that right there uh, and try to watch it within the flow of the game and kind of give a, I don't know about that. Or I don't like that call. You know, it, it'll be very much like that. Less like all oh, the left guard missed his kick out block there. You know, it's, it's going to be a little more like, man, that it's boy one looks of those good. Things, and you know this about me. Like if I don't have something and I have, don't have it figured out, I do whatever it is in my power to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And it drives me crazy. It's probably the narcissist in me that brings that out. But I, uh, I definitely like, Yes, I got a little too deep with it sometimes, as well as like I did that from a professional sense mm-hmm. because I've always had something like this in store. And but to your point and to what you're saying, like there is things, the interviews and the people that we can get on and you can get on the Patreon. Oh, yeah. As you know, like there's there's so much information. We have done more content in four months than I think we've done as much over the last year at the Patreon. I don't see that changing. Um, and you're smart and you both, everyone involved with keyhole is knows what they're doing. They know, I think you guys understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say this publicly, you guys understand what it takes to have a running subscription site, um, and run it really well. And I would encourage everyone to stay too. And so with that being said, at least from my end, Peyton, 
Uh, I think everyone that's listened, we, I think we believe, or we may have the third most listened to podcast in this market, third mm-hmm. or fourth. That's, that's an accomplishment. That's very hard to do. There's like 10, 12 OU football podcasts. So for all of you that have listened during this time, even with the Brady move, even with all the, you know, sometimes recording on a Monday, sometimes not, uh, I greatly appreciate you to the bottom of my heart. I literally, and I've said this to Peyton, without the Patreon and without everybody on Twitter that has followed me, I would not have these opportunities at all. It would never happen. From working at the franchise to the student newspaper, I spent there for six months because I got mad at George Stoya. Don't tell him I said that on the (laughs) podcast. Uh, To Sooners Wire, that was a strong two years. We built that website up, um, and whoever took it had a great foundation to work off of. Um, wouldn't happen without these listeners. It wouldn't happen without the people that follow me. Uh, I'm grateful. And I said from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. Um, it's been a fun ride and, uh, I'm ready to see what you do with this thing, man. This is, uh, this is, this is a fun space. You got your, you got your taste two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get into it. People, but yeah. people are ruthless, man. Yeah, it's fine. The thing is that I think the one thing that will be massively different between, uh, you and I, when it comes to that stuff is, um, I'm going to lean into it (laughs) and there's going to be zero apology coming out of me. (laughs) Zero of let me explain what I was thinking. It's like, Nope. Sorry. You you misunderstood. Not me. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. I don't know about, you know, if you pay four Uh, bucks on Patreon, you'll get my thought process. (laughs) Um, but no, I mean, it's going to be great. We're going to figure this out, um, onwards and upwards, um, as, 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 uh, everything goes. But now that I'm now the official host of the, through the keyhole podcast, uh, I'll say Keegan, get us out of here. Thank you guys again. I greatly appreciate you. You know, I won't say it because I've kept it. I've kept my straight line for years. Not doing it now. Peyton, thank you again, man. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Well, you're welcome. And so we don't not have it. Boomer! Is it-